A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Hello, signers. Hey. Hey. Before we get into this week's episode, we have some more five-star reviews to read. Um, thank you so much for leaving them. Uh, we apologize that we've been a little backed up, but you guys have just been too enthusiastic about this. A lot of busy thumbs, I we see. Love it. And we love it. We couldn't be more grateful. Um, keep them coming. And here we go. Uh, first review is Scorp, Sun, Sag, Moon, Aries Rising, here for all of it. Uh, this is from Jeline. And this says, obsessed with this podcast. You guys are such a great trio and help me discover help me discover things that me on my own and Google searches couldn't grasp. Very funny and informative in a sneaky, just chatting with my gal pals kind of way. I'm here for it, ladies. Keep up the bomb content. We will. Jillian, thank you so much. Wow. I love a Scorp being like, y'all are sneaky. It's like, we're pretty straightforward <laughs> about the information, Scorpio. But hey girl, Scorpio, we- Scorpio, recognize Scorpio. <laughs> um, hell yeah. And then next up, all the way from the Canadian iTunes, uh, Pictionary12 writes A++++. This is my favorite podcast. Listening makes me feel like I'm drinking something fizzy and fun with my girlfriends on a summer day. The girls cover it all, the chit-chat, and the topics that turn your worldview and self-understanding on their head. I've learned so much from you all. P.S. I'm so excited for the new Patreon forecast episodes. Love it. Oh, yeah. You've been, you heard our update of how we're changing it. Hell, yeah. And P.P.S. Quick question. When, some, when people say something is transiting something in their natal chart, does that mean it's conjunct? Thanks again. It can be. But it just means when something is transiting your natal chart, it means that the planets, them, the actual ones currently in the sky are moving. So that can mean that it is conjunct some a placement in your chart. It can be square. It can be in opposition. It's creating an aspect to one of your natal planets. Yes, exactly. Um, conjuncts are the easiest to see on the on the, the wheel there because they line right up. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, just like how your natal chart has aspects when it's transiting above, those are making aspects from each day to day. Yep. But that's all it is. All right. Also listen to our aspects uh, episode. And our transit episode. episode. So <laughs> you mix can, those two together. There you go. Um, next review comes from Miss Passel. Or Miss Passel. Sorry if I <laughs> said it wrong. Learning how to love with a heart emoji. The what's your sign ladies have really gotten me into astrology and helping me to realize that astrology isn't a silly thing at all. As I learn more, I realize I am learning about love, how to love others and have empathy for them and, and to love and even have empathy for myself. Damn. I think that it is life saving. I learned about it when I saw Lisa on a uh -oh, live ah. taping of John Gabrus's high and mighty. Oh, 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 I did miss my flight the next day. Um, <laughs> So, Lisa, that may not have been an en enjoyable experience for you. It was extremely enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> but thank you because it brought me to the show and to inevitably learning about how to understand all the humans in my life and have happier, less angry good days. Oh, oh my God. Whoa. P.S. I'm Aries Cusp, March 21st, Sagittarius Moon Libra Rising. Open to any tips on how to navigate through this what feels like insane personality combo uh, and I how think to manage you know. my anger. Um, so sorry that you saw me so <laughs> drunk. I don't know. I, d I did miss my flight. So, um, but, but how amazing that that brought really a, cool. a, a fan. Yeah. Well, and I think you've said it in there. You're having empathy and, and love for yourself and for others. That's, I mean, that's the best way to manage literally anything. And with all that fire too, just like doing active stuff, like going to shows or you yeah. know, going out and doing stuff. Well, even since you, you know, and again, you'll hear what people say about cuss. I, I'm guessing you probably have, maybe I would assume have some Pisces somewhere in there too. So I think this just like, seeking out something weird I, I think that goes with the fire as well of just like um not just stopping face value of like oh wow that girl was like funny on the thing was like oh no like i'm gonna like google her see what that was about like if she, she was a component that i liked maybe i'm gonna take the things i enjoy take the you know leave the things i don't so i think that's all very relative especially sag moon i mean come come the fuck on yeah i mean thanks so much for the yeah. nice review it really makes up for that 400 dollars plane ticket <laughs> so hell yeah <laughs> um another ne this next review comes from uh jacqueline leo this is the reviews titled leo sun sag moon scorpio rising a lot of sag moon reviews yeah sag moon reviews uh jacqueline says jake yes Jacqueline. Jack Jacqueline. Yes. Apologies. Uh, I recently discovered this podcast after hearing about Astro Podcast on Twitter, and I absolutely love cool. this one. The honesty and relatability of the girls on the show crack me up, and they aren't afraid to talk about the real tea in life, like weed or hookups or whatever. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Listening to the podcast always resulted in me ending up five pages deep in astrology website, learning about something I never knew, and I've been researching astrology for about four years. LOL. Super thought-provoking. We stand. Thank wow. you. Wow. Back at you, dude. Sedge Moons, I'm Sedge here. Moons, we stand yes. you. That's my boyfriend. Um, this review is great. It's called Meh. Five star review though, and it said, "I still think this podcast isn't great, and they get a lot wrong, but the memes on their Facebook page are flame emoji." Hell yeah! I mean, told you you'd read it all if you got yeah. five stars. Thank you. But so also, much. like, I mean, since we we have this is our platform, mm -hmm. the floor. Dude, what do you think we base the memes off of if we get a lot wrong? That makes no goddamn... <laughs> anyone? But also, let me say this. You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're still listening, Matt, aren't you? 
<laughs> okay, age of Victoria. I will be searching that handle later to see oh, what's yeah. going on on your memes that you make and your podcast that you do. Whoa. Um, it's fine. You know what? To each their own. And we love you. No hey, we so thank you for, yeah, for yeah. leaving a five star yeah, review. Yeah. I only want you. the fi- I want the stars. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Say anything. And you know what? Like you're allowed to have your own opinion. And my opinion is that our podcast is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next review comes from Susie Q, the Sag, um, and it's titled, Thank You, Thank You, Thank You. As a previous dabbler in astrology, I found myself drawn to this podcast for my daily commutes. After listening back to all the previous episodes, oh, shit. consider me a full-blown convert. Stevie, Lisa, and Julia make amazing, insightful perspectives on every aspect of astrology. They blow my mind on the daily and are making me cackle in my car. Thank you for being willing to share your learning journey with the rest of us. Too lazy to take the initiative. We'll always be a fan, supporter of you guys. Keep up the pre-show banter, heart <laughs> emoji. Julia, keep that Sag flag flying, baby, from this Sag Sun Aquamoon Virgo rising. And all the Canadian love I can muster. Love, Susanna. Wow. Thank you, Susie Q. Oh, Susanna. Well, won't you... Is that the lyric? Come yeah. for me? Cry. No. <laughs> cry. Oh, cry. Don't okay. you, it's don't you cry for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it all. Because like like uh, you versions. come from Canadiana with a bench on your knee, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Thank you guys so much yes. for your reviews. Uh, we are... We stand you even if you just met us <laughs> <laughs> and we write are, a five star yeah write a five star we will read it again you can you can write you that can write you whatever write we will it's not great and that we get a lot wrong even though we are always saying like hey double check you're <laughs> our source <laughs> but we will read it and we appreciate it regardless thank you so much and enjoy this episode Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chenu. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, you absolutely know her because we reference her on this podcast all the time. That's true. Uh, astrologer, animal communicator, host of Ghost of a Podcast, creator of the Tiny Spark app. It's Jessica Lignato. Yay! Yay. Thanks for having me. Sorry. Of course. Very visual. Uh, No, I love it. She she actually just jumped out the screen. She is magic. Yes. That would be amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. There. Yeah. Oh, we're we're here. Um, I mean, we have to touch on that Jessica's in a beautiful Afghan fort, uh, like 
blanket kingdom. I mean, I want to be there. It's like looks like it's like what you has anyone seen the movie A Little Princess? Yes. No. No. Ugh, okay. It's like I don't even know what era it's set in. I feel like it's World War One. She like this girl's dad oh. goes to like maybe India. It's all like there's it's like a British like they're like British, British or he's India. fighting in a British war. It's a something and then but then he dies and then she's an orphan and then this like guy comes and like cleans up the orphan's attic with like drapes and Indian spices and beautiful curled toed shoes and like it's just like like all the orf like the two orphan girls who are like shunned to the attic like spin around and like live in this beautiful fort until like the head the henchwoman comes but there's a beautiful line where she says to like the mean step like evil stepmother or something she's just like i bet you're sad like your dad never made you feel like a princess it's like so cutting and you're just like oh shit like that's why she's so mad she's just jealous i feel like i have to watch it also Whoever felt like a princess? I mean, of course. I know. That's why I was like, mm. what is a princess? Anytime someone calls me a princess, I'm like, oh, you're so confused. I'm a queen. I know. <laughs> uh, but thank you. It is a shed, but it is a recording shed. I call it the God Pod or the Pod Pod, just because mm. I refer, you know, the podcast in it. I but, love yeah, it. Thank you. It's very, it's it's very hippie vibes. It looks like the entrance to Narnia. Thank you. That is the highest the literal highest compliment you could give me i'm so grateful you didn't give me a harry potter relationship because i mean it's just, i will it's later not- <laughs> <laughs> okay i respect you i respect you but yeah it is very nar- i'm very down for narnia vibes okay i wish you could see the whole thing but it doesn't really translate visually as well as you- what oh, oh no. i love it no i love it thank but, you but a you know what that that roof is definitely calling for like a, a you know that like bellowed like tarp yes. thing i can see well when we well, get up there what we'll, it's uh, actually going to get is can you see that organic mm-hmm. oh. well it's a sound booth and I, so it's not always cute uh what we do what you can't see uh not pictured here behind that beautiful rug on the wall is a tempur mattress topper that i cut to fit because I can't afford sound insulation, and I'm ashamed. That's fine. It's expensive, so we Ooh, use that. That's instead. so smart. <laughs> yeah, crafty. I mean, <laughs> when it comes to doing things cheaply, I can be quite intelligent. Is are you and are is your podcast Ghost of a Podcast? If you guys aren't listening, I mean, get just click get subscribe. Together, like yeah. pause, go click subscribe. We'll get back. We'll have links. But are you independent? Are you so you're independent podcasts like us? Yes. Oh, 100 percent. I record. Uh, I use Anchor to mm-hmm. publish and send my podcast to the world and um i make uh ghost of a podcast in this sweet little god pod with my cat and my partner who does the audio editing and stuff like that and then my cat just gives me moral support that's awesome um as soon as you said cat my cat just like walked up to me and i just this is your house you're not this is my house no you've literally made a tinsel town in your tinsel town house. So we had a photo shoot here. We've like moved the amount of times we've moved my couches to like because it's like a plain white wall normally. So then we'll do plain white wall photo shoots. Then we're like, God, this looks boring. And I'm like, I always have tinsel laying around for some reason. So I it's do. It's been up and my boyfriend claims he hates it, but he's too it's lazy to move up. it. So uh, it's still up. And I I'll like I don't know. It just fills the wall. It's shiny. I like it. But yeah, we're a very DIY operation. I think people forget that because, you know, yeah. once you get listeners or viewers or subscribers, it, it feels like, especially in this day and age with like media, it feels like 
everyone has a team or something and it's like nope it's like us maybe one day but i don't even know if it's worth it to have a team it seems yeah. <laughs> so. i mean it's worth it to have a team i think but a i team. think because podcasts now are getting more mainstream everybody like assumes that everybody's recording in like a studio like it like it's like television right and we're i mean we're comedians and everybody's had every comedian's had a podcast for like 10 years so we're right. like oh no it's just at all of our apartments so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whenever, awesome. whenever we have people like come on they're like oh where's your studio and we're like oh, oh. um our <laughs> studio apartment down, down the street <laughs> from a police station yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next to the garbage truck factory yes, actually exactly. and also you know you have like a good la podcast when you hear like helicopters oh like yeah non- mm-hmm. non-stop yeah for the first many episodes i didn't just record it in my bedroom but i put a blanket behind my head so it would sound like I was in a sound booth because I watched all these YouTube videos about how to get better sound. And that was apparently like you want like, I don't know, something behind you to absorb the sound. It worked. It didn't make me feel physically comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so, so then I was lucky enough to get the shed going. That yeah. one sounds hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, as, I think as long as you're not recording off of like one group iPhone off the middle of a table and like actually have a microphone, it's like... You can, it's anyone, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Agree. But yeah. not anyone should. <laughs> should also agree. Or I mean, you know I mean, what? you can, but. Everyone can, but I don't know if don't everyone know. should listen to everyone's podcast. Yeah. Oh, God, about no. That. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Okay. Uh, how are you, how we've made it out of eclipses. Yeah. Uh, we're still in the shadow. How, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, real talk. We had uh, a couple mass shootings this past weekend. Yeah. So I feel really, uh, uh, I have a lot of feelings. I would say a lot of them aren't great. Yeah. So that it's been, it's been an intense time and, and I think it's the, the intensities are still mounting. Um, that's the honest answer. I, I want to warn you. I'm not, you know, I'm a Capricorn, so you're, don't ask a question if you're hoping for no. a light answer. <laughs> no, of course. Not happen. <laughs> That's my hometown in Texas, so I have a similar oh, okay. similar vibe. Happening. Do you have Do you have people there still? Yes, everyone's safe. Oh, good. Yes. I'm glad. but it's still but it's like still, yes. I don't know if you saw this morning. Uh, last night at Times Square, there was like a uh, uh-huh. motorcycle backfire, yeah. but people lost their shit, went running for their lives. They experience the terror of being in a live shooter situation because it's like people's awareness of how dangerous it is to be in the U.S. is really accelerated. And um, yeah, it's really terrible. And I do think it's I do think it's about the eclipses. I do think it's not exclusive to the eclipses, but I think, um, yeah. It's height. Well, well, like the feelings yeah. are already, we're all feeling kind of this like intensity and dread and all these sorts of things building. And then when you see like violence happening in our country that's just been the it's it's just sadly normalized even though like it doesn't feel normal to me and it doesn't feel normal to like everyone else that I know so it's just like yeah I think everyone is like I, I we've have shootings so much but this back-to-back of such mass casualties obviously rooted in fucking uh racism and white supremacy and sexism are like really scary it is like a scary time to be uh i mean there's travel warnings from uruguay to come to the united states right now so like that's where that's where we're at and even the Times square people we're all experienced we all even if we've been in a mass shooting or not and i've had friends who've been in 
uh, like the Glendale Galleria mm-hmm. one where a security guard shot a, a robber and everyone panicked, trampled people, people got injured. Like we're all experiencing PTSD, like even if we haven't been in it. So like we're in a really weird mental state right now as like a nation where we're just, I mean, I can't go, not go into a movie theater and not think it one time, like, well, which sucks. Yeah. I always think on stage, too, that I'm the only one facing the door. Yeah. And I'm always like, it's my responsibility if somebody is, like, behaving shady in the back to, like, be, call this attention to But it. it's like, what are you going to say? Like, this trench coat guy keeps reaching in his pocket. Like, I don't yeah. want to be the person that yeah that either you know a youtube video that's like comedian destroys active shooter oh my god <laughs> that would be awesome that would be tight that would be a very cool viral video <laughs> i think it's just like it it does feel indicative of the season that we're in because it's truly like two in a day i think that's and not i don't want to say by any means that like this is the one that's going to change things because we've said it about every single one and there's been a yeah. reason why this one's different or or bigger or worse or more painful than before. But I do think there's something um, even just in the way that our media cycle works where it's like two in a day is pretty hard to act like there's not. We've all known that this is a problem, but like for sure. But two in one day two yeah. at, and two in one week at the same like store chain all of the, when the walmart ceos like can't believe i'm saying this it's like you yeah. you really have to do some really intellectually dishonest things as a gun supporter to not be like okay fair like <laughs> right yeah like yeah. let's give let's give a little one i think that's the thing with the season is like where do we have to give and i think that we've we've people have given their lives and it's like now like what do you have to do to can you make someone give like it's it's i don't know and then that was a question i had for you about because i mean activism and astrology i don't think uh are too far distant from each other and we um i'm one of my friends who's an activist was just on our patreon and talked about the different ways signs different signs might be like thrive at different aspects of getting involved like obviously aries are good at leading the charge they might be great out on the protest lines where i guess is activism and astrology just to kind of while we're here where does that play a part for you in your life or like i see that you definitely mention a lot with your episodes and your subscribers like maybe if you want to touch on that just from your personal life sure um, so I, I'm not really that interested in sun signs associated with activism because I, I don't, because the chart is much more complicated than that. But mm-hmm. I think that what is happening in society is incredibly traceable, um, to historical trends. We can see what's coming through astrology. Um, and for me that is deeply motivated. It's why I started my podcast is because of my concerns about, um, where we are as a society and what's coming. Um, and in terms of, you know, the idea of activism and astrology, there's, there's like a lot of ways that I relate to that. One is simply, um, it's a way to take your one's head out of the sand. Um, and to see that, you know, the last time Uranus was in Taurus, we had Hitler yeah, and now we have Trump and to see what Trump and his administration is doing is, completely in line with what Hitler did in, you know, Nazi Germany. It's not Mm -hmm. similar. It's identical. And it's not identical to what happened in Nazi Germany towards the end or even the middle. It's the beginning. Right. And we see astrologically, you know, Saturn and Pluto, um, both being in Capricorn. Um, when Saturn and Pluto meet, there are 
really terrible things that happen in society, and not in American society, in society globally. Ditto for the Pluto return of the United States, which, which will be in 2022, but we're absolutely building up with um, Pluto and Capricorn, and the implications are very real. And we, as a society, are dealing with our shadow. And, you know, the, the macro is all of us are dealing with the kind of evil that men do, uh, we are dealing with the evil of white supremacy, of colonialization, of genocide. And then additionally, we are all implicated as individuals because we're all alive at this time. And so then the question is, how do we as individuals participate? And I think activism is a loaded word, kind of like psychic. Um, and <laughs> it's, uh, it's, not, it's not like everybody's going to become a political activist or an expert or not everybody's going to take to the streets. Um, but we can all recognize that we have a role to play and that we will either play that role with intention or out of fear. Um, and I think avoidance is a form of fear. And um, so my kind of work as an astrologer is absolutely, hopefully, um, to support people in recognizing their spiritual responsibility is not separate from their horoscope. It's not separate from anything you know it's like how we engage with the world and how we challenge our own homophobia racism misogyny ableism like all the things uh, how we engage with those things if it's in that like heavy evil capricorn way of like punishment condemnation um then we're part of the problem even if we're on the left you mm -hmm. know and instead i think it's about being able to be humble and to find our part and to look at the systems that brought us here and to rework those systems as much as we're capable. So um, that's kind of my my short answer. <laughs> I'm, sitting, I'm sitting on a yoga ball, which is why I came back. <laughs> Just yeah, so she's, you know. she's now levitating. I, I don't know it. how she's doing it, but she is. <laughs> It's a shame this isn't being video recorded because it is cinematic. It and then, cinematic. and then yeah. she's like, "Sorry, off to save the world." <laughs> <And takes off. laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, no, I think that that I mean exactly what you're saying is kind of the uh, the same argument to be made as like why I follow astrology in general is because it brings attention to blind spots that you might have about yourself or things that you might it reframes aspects of your personality or tendencies that you have in a way that makes you aware of them so you cannot be avoidant so you can be yeah. like oh yeah. this is a thing you know and you know th there's a lot of talk about meme culture and and stereotyping of of signs which of course is is not great but I think that there's also something to that which is like yeah you know you've you've made reference to being a Capricorn several times of like yeah this is what being this is part of being a Capricorn and the more that we can all be aware of our being a Capricorn whatever that insert your sign we can be the more understanding we can be of ourselves and each other and we don't have to be we don't have to be like I'm not like that because we're all yeah. like being introspective and reflective. Yeah. And, and to add to that, you know, there is no human on this planet that does not have all 12 of their signs activated in their birth chart. There is no human on this planet that doesn't have Saturn transits, AKA go through depressive periods or Pluto transits, AKA go through grief and loss and trauma. We are all really in this together. And what I, the way that I use astrology and what I love about astrology is it kind of it validates our differences and it validates our sameness and it kind of gives us active tools for making the most of our of our nature and of the time that we live in and that 
and a role that we're willing to play. And I think that, um, you know, I ultimately astrology is not a form of activism. It's a system of understanding things. And what we must do as individuals is figure out how are we going to choose to participate in these really truly um, pivotal times because I, I don't think any of us are exempt regardless of our demographic. We're not exempt regardless of our personality or whatever, you know, and, and that is what it is. It, it just, it is what it is. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a heavy moment, you know, speaking heavy of uh, heavy moments and depressive periods, grief and loss. Um, are there rituals that you do, uh, during times when when things are feeling difficult are you a light a candle kind of person are you a sit and meditator is are there certain things that you specifically do to yeah higher your um, vibrations I don't meditate I should I'm sure but I don't meditate I'm too neurotic I'm just like oh no I don't want to calm down um, but uh, I it depends you know when we're talking about something like mass shootings and you know I mean, I am, I'm not going to sit here and list off all the fucking terrible things I've seen in the news just in the last 48 hours. Like, sure. I won't do that because that's not fun. Um, but so when it's when it comes to, like, societal things, I try to give myself space to have my feelings on a really personal level and allow myself to be really emotional about it. And depending on what's going on and how it hits me, I might do that for a day and I might do that for longer. Um, and then I try to rally myself to see how can I be constructive? How can I find something positive to do and sometimes that's just educating myself and sometimes that's um you know it's an action and those things are I will do sometimes in conjunction with working with the tarot or my guidance in general I definitely do candle work more for personal issues um although that's not like smart of me it just happens to be what I've done historically um I just have this feeling that things are in such a crisis that I'm like, let's get to it right away. I want the most impactful thing. And, um, you know, candle work is actually useful. So thank you for even asking me that. Cause I'm like, maybe I should let more candles. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't have specific rituals because a lot of for world stuff. Now for personal stuff, it's different, um, because it's really responsive to what is happening. And I have like a massive toolkit that I pull from. So I'm not sure where I would even begin, but I every day do energy work. Um, and not every day do I do it for others or on the world, but I do it on myself as a self-protective tool for the counseling and energy healing work I do with clients and, you know, hopefully through my show and all that kind of shit. That's well, awesome. I mean, that makes sense though, too. And not, I think, uh, hopefully I'll be able to like pull an actual question from this uh like as a follow-up thing but don't you think that you know like as above so below doing personal work is and not to say that that doesn't mean that we have to still do work on a bigger level but isn't that part of it too is making sure that you're preserving your your personal energy stores and gifts that you have to offer so you can actually help because if you're yeah. not, then, then you're just kind of driving yourself. You're not actually being able to be a, you can still be of service. I'm, I'm sure, but not to the degree that you can be, if you're also being aware that you are like a meaningful part of the machine. Right. Yeah, I, I think so. And I also think it's a constant, in, a, a constant question for me personally of 
where is the line between I am stepping back for self-care and I am disassociating from problems or I am giving myself a pass so that I can wait until I feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> hey, I don't, think, I don't think anyone figures it out ever. I don't think it's one answer and I don't think it's the answer in, you know, 2015 is the same as it was, has been since 2016. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that in, if your house is burning, you can self care later. And if your neighbor's house is burning, you can self care later. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, Oh, I see that those matches are really close to that kerosene. What are you going to do? Self care. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I think that it is, it is, um, essential to, to not burn ourselves out because then we can't sustain the efforts. Um, and also, I think there is a societal trend towards prioritizing self-care disproportionately to making yourself uncomfortable and challenging yourself to to put put yourself out there. Especially, I think. Well, I, anyways, so that's that's what I'll say to that. No, yeah, no, that's a great yeah. that's a great point because I think astrology does get lumped. I just was overhearing these guys have a conversation at uh, like. I was eavesdropping on these two men and one of them said that he was like, Marianne Williamson is like Trump. And I was like, I'm about to flip this fucking table, but I also (laughs) wanted them to keep talking and listen. But I think that there is a lot of, and rightly so to be totally honest, um, a lot of like conflation of astrology with kind of just like mindless self care or like disassociation from actual activism or actual um like self-improvement or whatever that people get the idea that it's like oh you just believe that the planets do this to you and or you that just... it's selfish yeah i think like a oh. lot of the wrap-up in it is like it's all about yourself and where i feel like since diving more into the astrology universe it's like it's so much more about interacting with other people and other like communities and other like bigger pictures that are large so it just makes you know like shake fist at sky well i think i think that sun sign astrology is about the self i mean the sun is the self Mm -hmm. i think meme astrology is uh reality tv of astrology right (laughs) um and it's you know my specialty and my focus within my practice is actually the outer planets um Mm -hmm. the societal and the generational planets Um, and that is because that's where trauma lives and I'm all into trauma. Um, (laughs) that's where, you know, inherited shit lives and that's where societal trends are. Um, and I think that, you know, when people are very quick to throw away astrology, it's because their only contact with it is memes and horoscopes, which is the most self, um, self oriented part of astrology. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the cat. The cat she's is. Just, she's going to my purse. There's nothing in there that's going to hurt her. I just don't want her to. Yeah, I just. She's okay. Since we've started, she's been going in everyone's bag, and she's never oh, done this before. Her, she's her Stevie's cat. My cat. Oh, your kitty. Oh, oh, what's her name? Rosie. Rosie. Oh, Rosie. She, but she's like clearly begging for attention right now. <laughs> like she's never done this, and I had a feeling just because you're the animal. I'm like, I just know yeah. she's going to come in here and be like. It happens. People do uh, often on Instagram. They'll, they'll record videos in their stories of their pets listening to me on the podcast and responding. <laughs> it's the most charming thing Aww. in the world, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How so did you start doing animal communicating? Um, I Okay, so I didn't think it was possible to do any animal communication. I didn't believe that was possible. I wanted it to be possible, but I didn't think <laughs> it was possible. And um, I, I had these two cats. So I was living in San Francisco and I had a storefront and uh, it was like a good old fashioned like 
storefront where my studio was and I like met with clients and then there was a hallway and in the back was my apartment. And um, I had this cat named Cougar and he basically I would like get up in the morning and I would put on water for coffee and then I would go in the back of the house and then I would go to the front of the storefront and I would do my emails and I um, would always forget that I was boiling water and then I would like burn the fucking water. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that. It's super fun. So I just boil <laughs> up all the water and it would be awful and gross. Um, and so eventually he started to come into my office and be like, Hey, your water's boiling. And I'd be like, Oh cool. Okay. And then I would go, my water be boiling. And I'd like, whatever. And after a couple of days of that, I was like, wait a minute, bitch. Do I think my cat's telling me that my water is boiling? That's bonkers. And so I started, um, being like, okay, if we, if you really are trying to tell me something, why don't you just like jump up on the table, walk around like this, come around like this, come sit down on my lap. And he would do it. And I was like, what? And so, um, I started practicing with him and I had two cats at the time, Cougar and Sage and Sage didn't give a fuck. She was just like, talk all you want lady. I don't give a fuck. I love you, but stop pressuring me. So she wasn't into talking to me at all. Whereas he was very motivated to help me, uh, kind of like cultivate this gift. Um, and so I, that's how I figured it out. And I have come to find in my counseling sessions that when I'm working with somebody who's quite blocked, um, or just kind of what well, I'm having a hard time connecting. If they have an animal in the house, I'll just talk to the animal and the animal will narc. <laughs> they're like i see everything they're listening and if you think they're not doing those things you are wrong Whoa. so yeah that's a fun thing for me this is something i try with my dog all the time i you know i try to do reiki on him i'm not a reiki practitioner but i i <laughs> i'll like look up how to do certain things and i'll i'll try on him and and something that i really know i mean obviously i think we connect with our pets in a way where it's like i know when my dog's asking for food or when he needs to go out or certain things when he's not feeling well i can tell kind of things which is like a normal pet to to owner relationship or a pet to friend i guess um but something that i've recently noticed and i think this makes me believe in like therapy animals even more which i already did anyway but like i'll notice like if he's really uh anxious or something it's it's a reflection probably of my anxiety. So I try to calm myself and then the dog ends up calming himself. And so I think it's like a kind of beautiful symbiosis and, and while not the same style of communication that you do, uh, just maybe a, a, a lower frequency level. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, if we don't overthink it, animals are people, they have personhood and they don't cognitively communicate in the way that we do. Um, but of course they communicate and the thing that we, they are the most effective in communicating and the thing we are the most open to receiving is survival issues. I have to shit, I have to eat, um, my tooth hurts. Right. Um, but I, I think that when you don't overthink it, you may find that you actually are effectively communicating if you're actually like good friends with your animal more than you think about it. Like, cause we just have this idea of like, animal communication is wacky but is it really that wacky to be no. friends with different species Not yeah. all. i communicate more easily with my cat than i do with people who speak languages i don't understand sometimes because humans are so obtuse and animals are just like i won't fucking talk to you anymore or <laughs> they want to talk to you do you know what i mean it's like a lot more yeah. uh direct um yeah. so yeah have you ever had an animal be like my owner fucks too much in front of me. Like, tell them to stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But generally, when animals are uncomfortable with fucking, 
they do something disruptive to let you know they don't fucking like it. What? They're not like sitting around being like, I wish I could find a way to say how I feel. They're just like, <laughs> fark, fark, or I'll jump on your back or I'll try to get out of the room. I mean, they're telling you right. all the time. I mean, it's not that animals are without uh, preferences or will. Of course they have what preferences and will, and they mm-hmm. do what they need to do to express them unless they're really depressed or something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like people. So <laughs> with mediumship, did this come, this came before animal mediumship? Uh, yeah. The mediumship piece, I'm trying to think about the years. They were close in years when the mediumship uh, clarified itself to me, mm-hmm. uh, to the animal communication. I, I can't remember which one's first, which one happened first, but it was in the same like couple few year period for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I was communicating with my clients, uh, lost loved ones. For many years before I thought I really was, people were like, will you do this? And I'd be like, no, bitch, I can't do this. And they'd be like, but I believe. And I'd be like, but I, but no. And then they'd be like, but I'm paying you. And I'd be like, okay. And then, uh, and then I would be accurate. And I was just like, you know, that's a lucky guess. Or right. like, you know, I, I don't can't explain it. And after years of that, I started to recognize that, um, that it was happening and that I, you know, I wasn't, there was just like all this empirical evidence that I had of my own skill set, And, and I just needed to like, listen to it and honor it. And, um, and so at that point I started being a little bit, bit more open with my clients that I had this skill set, And, um, then I again got more and more empirical evidence that I just could not deny, um, mm-hmm. And now I'm comfortable and confident in saying that. And I've done mediumship events with like a couple hundred people in a room. And you know, been able to, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Like John Edwards type, like room, like you get up. Shelly's here. Except for, uh, as I'm not a man, uh, I didn't say you get up. <laughs> them, and I would often like literally get on my knees and like be like, here's some tissues. Let me tell you what's coming up. Oh, but, um, damn. So, yeah. That's but, so yeah. heavy. It, it is um, it is something that I really love doing because I get a, I derive a lot of value from working with bereavement um, because most people don't know how to talk about it. Most people don't talk about it with even their closest people. Mm-hmm. It's very that kind of pain um, is part of being a human, but in our current world, it's an unintegrated part of being a human, mm-hmm. and um, I. I feel really grateful that I can like meet with people on that level. And I also communicating with dead people is not, um, it's very hard work and it's also like not hard for me. Like it's something that is something I can do. And so I just feel grateful to be able to, to help people in that way. Cause I know that it's hard to find someone who, who has that skill set. and a lot of mediums, a lot of psychics, like real deal mediums and real deal psychics are not on social media. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't want to be found on the internet. And so it's, it's hard to find someone who does the work that I do that is, um, uh, you know, reputable in terms of their skill set, but also like they work on their shit. So they're not nuts. You know? oh, yeah. That's so what happened to my medium. She just, she, she communicated to the dead. I, she lived down the street from me. We'd email, she was offline, no social media presence. I, I have no idea where she went. I think like yeah I think I think it went just to well it was like something since childhood where it was like it's 
it's they were channeling her even when she didn't want to so i think it was like an overwhelming sort of thing but i'm curious with the mediumship for you do you think there's something in your chart that points to that for you like yeah yeah, of course yeah um and, and i will say just before i answer that too is that um It is really essential in working with people living or dead to have healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a humongous part of my life is spent working on energetic boundaries and behavioral boundaries, like a massive amount of my time and energy is spent in that way. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time I was at a party with, and it just so happened somebody that I'd done readings with his dead relative was there. And, um, the dead relative was so excited because (laughs) My client was there with his kid. And so the dead relative was like, you can communicate for me. Yay. Like he was so excited. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not working. And I have, and I'm going to say no. And he was super bummed. And I was like, and that's actually just my boundary. Right. And he was respectful. And I was like, it was the first time I'd said no to a spirit and it changed my life because I was just like, yeah, if I say no and you push me, you're an asshole. I don't care if you're dead. And that's a great thing for me to remember is when somebody doesn't respect your boundaries, it's not because your boundaries wrong. It's because they're, they have a problem and that problem is their problem and not your problem. And when somebody doesn't respect your boundary, living or dead, that is a reflection of who they are and not a reflection of who you are. And the, and the more that we can embody that, um, as people, as women, whatever, um, the better, you know? And I think it's a really important part of being a person, certainly of being a psychic, certainly of being an adult, you know, mm-hmm. so there's that. And then the astrological uh, underpinnings of, of <laughs> my psychic ability or my mediumship ability, um, I will just preface by saying just because a person has any of the one things I'm going to name does not mean that they're psychic. Right. And just because a person is psychic doesn't mean that they're, uh, that they've cultivated a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll preface it by saying I, in my birth chart, I have a Mars Jupiter square mm-hmm. natally, and that natal square means that I build muscle tone of easily and effectively. Um, and it gives me strong legs. I will tell you, I have not run anywhere, even to a bus. Fuck that bus. No, <laughs> uh, I do not exercise. I do not build muscle. Just because I have the capacity doesn't mean that I've put in any amount of work mm-hmm. and refine that skill. And, and that is a personality thing. And that is like a, the rest of the chart thing, right? So I I just want to say, because people get very intense about like, oh my God, I have that in my chart. Does that mean I'm psychic? Right. And that's not super helpful. You could be psychic, but that doesn't mean that you've actually built the muscle. And if you haven't built the muscle, then it's not a reliable muscle. Right. Mm -hmm. So that said, um, I have Pluto in the eighth house, um, which is certainly a marker of uh, psychic ability. And I have Mars, Moon and Sun all in the 12th house, which is a place of intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, I... Honestly, I, I could like name almost everything in my chart, uh, suggest <laughs> the potential for um, different kinds of psychic or intuitive uh, skills, uh, including a North Node Neptune conjunction in Sagittarius. So those are oh. all uh, clear markers. When you, you probably don't go to a zoo, but is that just like hearing just screaming? Like <laughs> if you it's depression. Yeah. It's just pure yeah. That, it seems like it would be that that would be really hard. Are there other places like? Um, certain kind of memorials or museums where that happens, where it feels overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's actually, um, I, I live in Oakland, California and here in Emeryville, which is like literally and the Emeryville borders on the same block as my, my block in Oakland. Uh, there is a mall they're building. It's like, uh, multiple blocks of just like, whatever, like forever 21 and what's yeah. down and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
and it's built on a native american uh burial ground it's like a sacred land and Mm -hmm. the last time i was there i mean every time i go there i get sick like straight up sick and one of the last times I was there, I had to be in a place where they're like actively digging up the land um, right now. And I was vomiting for hours afterwards. Oh it was awful. God. So for me, there's actually a lot of places that I have a hard time going. When I was in Italy, I went to Florence. And when I would get near the these churches where there was just like a lot of torture that happened back in the day, okay. uh, I, like, I would get within a certain distance of it. And, you know, Florence is like very circular the way it's built. Um, I would get within a certain distance and I would get uh, crippling headaches. And um, I have, you know, and that was several years ago. It's probably, um, I don't know, eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now that I was in Italy and I had that experience. I don't know if it would be as bad because I've worked on my boundaries almost Mm -hmm. a decade more now. But um, there's a lot of places that when I go there, it's very uncomfortable. And, um, you know, and it certainly is an impediment to socializing um, and group environments. Movies are really hard for me. Wow. Have you ever been to the comedy store? No, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. <laughs> I think there. People yeah. drinking is hard for me. It's an old building too. The the Rat Pack era and stuff. I I think not nice stuff probably happened One, there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the L.A. Um, like mob. Um, there's like underground tunnels and yeah. stuff in there too for prohibition style whatever um i want to talk to you about the outer planets yeah i uh as as one does on their <laughs> astrological journey have been like uh i was listening to a lot of uh chris brennan stuff talking about traditional astrology and um or hellenistic i should say not traditional but uh and have kind of been on like a the outer planets they weren't even there like fuck those guys uh, that's that's just uh, like some modern shit that we're coming up with but then also i'll read en- literally anything about an outer planet and be like nope i yep that's that's a thing um what plead your plead your case not to put you on the spotlight not what but what is it about the outer planets okay. that you that you um are drawn to and and yeah mm-hmm. i'm a counselor I, I i counsel people and i think um uh, without shitting on Hellenistic astrology, if you're not working with the outer planets, then you're not working with the full picture of people. I am. Oh, and um, I <laughs> listen when I use the outer planets, they are essential for me in understanding uh, ancestral trauma, inherited issues, mm-hmm. understanding class, understanding uh, one's relationship to terror and depression and healing to innovation um, and to deep spirituality, to anxiety. When I'm looking at mental illness and mental health, I'm looking at the outer planets. When I'm looking at uh, serious medical conditions, I'm a medical astrologer. I'm looking at the outer planets. I don't know how in the world you could do medical astrology without the outer planets. I don't know how one could understand class in the birth chart without the outer planets or immigration and, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a, I'm blanking on the word right now. It's not immigration. It is uh, like when you're looking at like issues of refugees or, yeah. um, you know, trauma from systemic issues, any kind of systemic societal issue, or like if you <clears throat> on your mother's side, you know, there's like a, a long line of abusive relationships or people losing money or addiction. All of those things are only articulated by acknowledging and using those outer planets. And so 
you know, when we deal with like an old school of astrology, who is that astrology written by and who is it mm-hmm. meant to serve? Mm-hmm. Not me, not you, not you, not you. It's not <laughs> um, and, and my attitude about it is, um, you know, having a truly inclusive um, approach towards astrology does require all the fucking planets. Yeah. Right? Um, I, and, you know, I, again, I don't mean to shit on it because no. I have a lot of uh, spaciousness for lots of different ways of using astrology. There's so many ways to use astrology. Um, I don't, I'm not like a horary astrologer. I don't do, you know, Hellenistic. I don't do any of that. I am a counselor. And so for me, I really want to look at how can I help a person? And this idea of like, well, what kind of astrologer are you? Or like, what kind of astrology do you practice? I never know what to say because I'm just like, I'm an astrologer. I'm self-taught. Um, so I never ascribed to um, a particular like form of astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with the outer planets, like literally obsessed. And I don't, <laughs> I don't care much about signs. I care about planets. I'm like obsessed with planets. I love I, this. Yeah. I, I mean, well, it's over. I mean, we just, you never really hear that. I feel like so much stake is in the personal planet. So, like, it's fun to remember, like, we out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> I also really have recently developed an interest in the outer planets. And I think one of the things that I really love about what you just said is that all of those topics and themes that, that are represented by the outer planets are things that in have become had more weight and interest and study in modern times things like addiction weren't studied in the time in you know the hundred years or the bc years so these are themes that of course like when as we keep discovering things we're gonna keep discovering themes in the way Mm -hmm. that uh the cycle exists well even thinking about like life expectancy and things like that where it's like yeah if you're just using astrology for like literally seeing if you're gonna make it we're doing something when we did our episode on on saturn returns thinking about it in terms of like oh yeah you probably weren't gonna live past you're turning 30 yeah in, in a certain the time was the end. it was the end you were gonna die from a root need to get a root canal but there wasn't right. a root canal yet right yeah so <laughs> like of course you're not thinking about your your family legacy in that same way in terms of like what are you passing on energetically or emotionally in in addictions and habits or even class thinking about the idea too of, yeah. i think that's a great point of, of something about, you were just born into yeah it had nothing mm-hmm. to do yeah. with yeah. And there even was just no like, moving through class back in the day there yeah. was no moving through um, you know, if you if you were born in a specific assigned gender, you know, now we have choice. You know, yeah. if, if you are queer, you can actually live your fucking life, you know, mm-hmm. in the Western world. Um, and being able and willing to use the birth chart as a tool to look at what is your agency? What is your calling? And what do you have to give up? And what do you have to risk to achieve those things? You know, that is a very modern thing to choose to be happy is a very modern thing. We have the luxury to be happy at this moment in, you know, the Western world. I won't speak to the whole entire world, but like, mm-hmm. I like use, using astrology as um, as a tool for understanding the self and understanding the context within which you live and the context that you come from and using all of that data to support the, the person in uh, being as healthy as possible now and building towards being as healthy as possible later. Yeah, if you tell me that Pluto doesn't exist, I want to say, talk to me when you're going through a fucking Pluto transit. Yeah. I just had that recently, and um, it's just, it's one of those things where I think a lot of times people think that we don't study it 
or that they're like, yeah, I know your thing says it's whatever, but it's like, do you think I haven't researched the science? Do you think I don't know what it is? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, that like bothers me more but than it's anything. That, it's that people don't research. And, and this mm-hmm. is something that I, I, I find myself saying this almost every day to someone is that when somebody wants to shit on astrology because they read a horoscope and it didn't resonate for them, that's a reflection of them. It has nothing to do with astrology. If you've researched astrology, if you've studied astrology and you say, based on my study, I have determined this thing. Cool. <laughs> I, I have a lot of interest in that. But if you want to say like, I see horoscopes in magazines and therefore I understand astrology is dumb. You're just making yourself look stupid. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, and that's true with all topics. Like I'm not going to talk yeah. about, you know, GMOs in a comprehensive way because I don't understand GMOs in a con- comprehensive way. You know what I mean? So right. it's like being able to recognize what you don't know uh, is not a bad thing. It's like, it's okay to n- not talk about everything. <laughs> well, yes. well, and the newspaper has a condensed version of every little bit, like what you're saying of every, of stocks and mm-hmm. sports and like all this stuff. And just because it doesn't have like the full lineup of sports history doesn't mean it's like, it's just giving you a fucking little rundown. Like mm-hmm. also have fun. Jesus. Like, fun. Yeah. <laughs> jeez. Um, I feel like the outer planet that I'm most, uh, I don't want to say scared of right now, but I've been having a lot of feelings about Uranus. Huh. Interesting. You're scared of Uranus. I love Uranus. Well, I have love, a, love, love. I have a Venus Uranus conjunction in my natal. natal chart. And well, that's the other thing too, why I'm like, I'm an idiot for being like, Oh, fucking outer planets. Cause I have, I have exact aspects with like every single outer planet too. So it's very like, again, I feel like that, fits for me also but i feel like uranus gets maybe over or maybe this is recently and maybe this is just my studying too but i feel like uh it gets a lot of uh like breakups and things are gonna crash and things are like you know over rug rug pulling which which is i think is probably true too but um what what do you feel like we get wrong about outer planets everything Um, (laughs) when when people are first studying astrology and when i say first studying, i mean the first years not months not weeks years of studying astrology we all want to focus on the inner planets we also we all want to focus on venus and the moon because first of all it's easier to understand Mm -hmm. um and second of all if they move those planets move so quickly that it feels individualized to us Mm. um and to understand something like uranus we're on we're looking at our relationship to autonomy, individuality, freedom. It's the central nervous system. And so it's its like this really big concept in some ways, right? And when we look at something like a Venus conjunction to uh, Uranus natally, I mean, it's just hella queer. I mean, it's not gay or straight, but it's very queer. You know, that's what Uranus is. It's queer. It's atypical. It's unexpected. It's outside of convention. And so when we see a natal aspect like that, what we don't, it's not about breakups unless you're working off of exclusively the most heterotypical uh, playbook. And when we have strong Uranus in the birth chart, we don't work off of the most conventional playbook. And when we do, we are more likely to have sudden and unexpected breakups because we're not embodying our Uranus. When we embody a planet, when we embody an aspect, then it's not destructive, even if it's disruptive. Disruptions aren't bad. They're exciting and they're fun and they're growth. 
it's destruction that we want to avoid unless we're talking about destroying something that needs to fucking go, right? And so when I see something like a Uranus-Venus um, conjunction, I'm like, oh, okay, so you need to be really mindful about your need for freedom and autonomy and change and difference, or you will attract other people embodying that for you. And Damn. that is a really important part of astrology that, again, is hard to fully grasp in the early years is that if you are not able or willing to embody your birth chart, then so you will attract other people in your life who embody it for you. And that never feels chill. It's never awesome. You always want to embody your own fucking chart. And when we don't, you know, a very common thing that I see, especially for straight women, and this is a nurture issue, not a nature issue, um, is when they have hard aspects between Uranus and Venus. Um, so that's a conjunction, an opposition or a square. Um, they will be like, all I want to do is be in a monogamous long-term marriage or a relationship and then attract people who live far away or who don't want to commit or who are emotionally immature because you're not owning that you're the fucking dude. And whenever I see the <laughs> Uranus Venus aspects, I think of that movie. Come on. You know what I'm talking about with the dude, uh, white Russians, um, oh, Big Lebowski. you knew it. So I think the archetype of that, of that, those aspects is the dude. He's just such a fucking weirdo. He's such a weirdo. And it's not that he doesn't care about people. He just cares about people from the perspective of being a fucking weirdo. And he needs everything <laughs> to be a little bit aut autonomous and authentic. And that kind of uh, the dude archetype to me is Venus Uranus. Damn. You know, perfect. So yeah, Damn. that's. Y'all, I gotta go. I gotta go check my outer planet aspects one more time. I'm like, I gotta, I got a lot of checkups. To... I mean, I, I really do. The vast majority of my work is outer planet oriented, and whenever I, I teach, and I've been teaching to you know other astrologers for more than 15 years now, um, and whenever I teach, the bulk of my classes on every topic is outer planet fixated. Um, I cannot stress enough how important I think those things are, and I. And, and how, if you're doing deep healing work and you're focused on your sun and your moon and your Venus, you're going to skate the surface. If you want to do deep healing work, you've got to look at what those outer planets are doing. I am oh. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense or it's like it's it's a lot of synapses are cl clicking for me right now where it's like, yeah, we have a lot of connection to these personal planets because they do feel personalized to us and they move fast and we have like different combinations and it feels kind of like, well, this is my playing card and this is my playing card. But then a lot of the times we do share, you know, we're friends usually with around our same age group unless you're, you know, old people, young people, we all rock. But thinking of these aspects now of like, cool, you're comfortable with this like little personal calling card you have. But like, but what if all this, what we're talking about, trauma, inherited generational society, all these things come in and then give you an opinion of what that means with your personal planet? Like, Yeah. And even within that, I would say most people, if you look around, hang out with people who are from a similar class background, a similar mm -hmm. race background, um, you know, a similar sexual background. Like we we are embodying that, what you just said. We are embodying the outer planets and we are doing it through sameness instead of contrast. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is problematic. I love having yeah. a diverse group of friends, different ages. And part of that um, 
is because I'm a Venus Uranus person. So I want difference around me, but it's also really because if you're only hanging out with people who have Saturn in the same sign as you and Pluto in the same sign as you and Neptune in the same sign as you, then your worldview is not going to be really challenged. You're mm -hmm. all going to be going through transits to those planets at the same time. So mm -hmm. now your worldview is confirmed. And the problem with that is your worldview is just your fucking worldview. And mine is going to be different because I'm older than you. And yeah. somebody who's younger than you is going to see the world differently because we are living in different worlds in many ways. You know, when I talk to my teenage friends about social media, their experience of it is radically different than mm -hmm. mine is because I'm, you know, I'm a Generation X person, you know, I'm different. Yeah. Um, and these outer planets, they dictate how we feel in the dominant culture, which is generally created for youth culture. And, um, you know, I, as an astrologer, we can look at an individual's birth chart and say, this is when you're going to start to feel out of touch. And there's an outer planet transit for that. Trust. Tell us a little bit about your uh, upcoming book and um, what you're excited about or anything. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm excited about having a book. That's weird. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. Um, and it is broken into three sections. The first section is chosen family and friendships because mm -hmm. fucking astrology does not spend enough time investigating platonic love. And it is a huge part of not only our lives, but it's also a huge part of what I want our lives to be about. Mm -hmm. I want us to be community oriented. I want us to validate the love we share with those we're not fucking and to not throw away our friends when we fall in love. So that's section one. Section two is hooking up in the early stages of dating because come on. <laughs> um, and then the third section is long-term committed relationship oriented stuff. And within each section, um, I break down the planet and I look at each topic through the planet's perspective. So I go through the sun three times in three sections, Saturn three times in three sections and on and on. And then I of course go through, uh, each planet in a sign and each planet in a house. When I'm reading a birth chart, I focus on the signs the least. And I know it's not cinematic and it's not popular, but the reality is I want to see the house placement. I want to see the aspects. And mm -hmm. I will consider the sign last in that. Um, in fact, when I'm lecturing, I often don't talk about signs at all because of that. So within the book, I am not, I mean, I don't torture people. So I include sign stuff, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely am, you know, giving people more data and hopefully in a really accessible way so that they can look at what does fucking and Saturn have to do with each other? What does friendship and Saturn have to do with each other? Mm -hmm. Like, let's get into these outer planets in a way that is hopefully accessible and usable and um, I'm really excited about being able to share that part of my work. It's um, books are weird. <laughs> so I'm excited for it to come out. Um, and it is available for pre-order on my website. If you are in the market of being a trendsetter in the field of astrology, pre-order. Yes, pre-order that. because pre -order Yes, it. that also, not only obviously because it sounds amazing and such an under-rep. It's so funny mm -hmm. because I feel like we do talk about the, the hooking up part but not even really we really talk about just getting someone to be in a relationship with us yep. we don't really talk about the mechanics of not even as much as we are like a relationship focused culture we barely even talk about the mechanics of 
making relationships work, which I think is so deeply tied into how we deal with platonic and chosen family and family relationships. Well, when you have those strong platonic family bonds, like I know, which has been like a life, a literally lifesaver for me my entire life it puts into aspect too of like what you want out of romantic relationships. So even if like your focus is more of the platonic friendships, like that's such a great jumping off point to even have a healthy relationship or whatever you want to have to be yeah, clear I, about yeah, it. Yeah, There are people who are ace. There are people, you know, people who live in queer community, people who are queer. A lot of times our chosen family is our family. And mm-hmm. I think the older we get, the longer the human life expectancy is, the more we need to come together and move beyond just that nuclear family, which is how humans used to be. I mean, we right. used to live in communities that were supportive and, I think that that is a really important part of when we see healthy societies. Um, that it's not just like me and my partner and our like two kids and our cat. Like it's it's more than that. So you know, my hope is um, to normalize it, to advance that conversation, and to give astrological context because you know not all relationships should turn into long term relationships. Not all mm-hmm. relationships should be monogamous. Not all oh, relationships yeah. are between two people. Sometimes they're between a bunch of slutty people. And I want to <laughs> hold space for that. I want to talk about it. Um, and I want to, you know, I want to really essentially like create content that supports people in finding their agency so mm-hmm. that they can be like, oh, this is my preference. And I have a right to my preferences. And I can be as prudish or slutty or as like contemplative or lighthearted as I want to be as long as I own it. And I'm forthcoming about it. And I have consent from whoever it is I'm engaging with. And so astrology is a great tool for that. It's just like an invaluable tool. And we get in the book, I get hella into outer planets. So you should get the book. (laughs) All right. Signers, pre-order the book. Signers, pre-order. We we will work on that queer retirement community we have been talking about on our Facebook group. Uh, This is just hitting all the the marks. Communal living. It'll be called like Pluto Garden or something. (laughs) Such plumbing problems on the property. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, I don't want that. Trust. Trust. We'll bond over it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Yeah. It's like. I know. Do we have. Uh, I have the game. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have more questions. Well, I we, feel like we'll talk again. Yes, I, mean, yes. I don't know. Excellent. I feel. I feel like we'll again. see you again. Yeah, we'll we do it to. again. But before, before we let you go, release you uh, to. <laughs> you know yeah (laughs) continue saving the world um we do have a game to play okay mary fuck hill never heard Uh, of it joking (laughs) (laughs) okay um we these are all these uh, are all well because you're a triple cap queen as we all know from the pod uh cap sun cap moon cap rising so we have different celebrity figures with these general configurations so let's start with some cap sun cap moon people which is annie lennox uh, Jimmy Buffett. Ew, and who is that? Jimmy uh, Margaritaville. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like if she doesn't, if she, I'm like if she doesn't know, know Margaritaville. <laughs> I was like if she doesn't know Margaritaville, I don't know how else to describe. I don't know how else to yeah, describe no, I know, this. I know. I, just, I don't know who Jimmy. I, okay. That's, yeah, fair. And yeah. then I, I believe R.I.P. Sorry, I should have checked before. And Donna Summer. So many good. Oh, there's okay. a lot of good Oops. musicians in the wow. Cap Sun Cap Moon realm. I've so wait, I've discovered. I'm, I'm Mary fucking and killing each of these people. Yes. You yes. know, and, and again, Mary fuck kill light. It's firm. It's a lighthearted. lighthearted. It's a lighthearted. Yes. There's nobody getting murdered in this game. No, yes, not in real exactly. life. Cool. I <laughs> two Tauruses here, so we're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure, I'm going to murder Warren Buffett because I don't even know who he is. So it's an easy kill for me. 
Um, I'm for <laughs> sure going to marry Annie Lennox. And who yeah, doesn't yes. want to do it with Donna Summer? So that was Ooh. easy. What else you got? I also like the Freudian slip of Warren Buffett instead of Jimmy <laughs> Buffett that just came out. Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he is like a kill him, Kill them all. Kill them all. Both. I have Bill, no hesitation eat, to kill them both, especially eat, eat, in the lineup you've given me. Yeah, eat yeah, the rich. I mean, even though I dearly love Jimmy Buffett, I know it's the right answer. It's the right answer. Look, yeah. I think the parrot heads are going are gonna to thrive even harder. He's a staunch liberal. So like <laughs> that, I'm like. Aren't all see, of like, those people liberals though? I feel like you just gave me three people yeah, that yeah, are. Yeah, they're all pretty. Well, when you see an old white man, you never suspect it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> he also does have a retirement community for the parrot for his community, so he is, wow. he is community oriented. But also some but, other. Well, it's a good thing again that no, we're not actually he killing would, anybody. No, yes. he would, also he would <laughs> gladly go. You know, yeah. the, sac- feel, the sacrifice. I feel no complicate. You gave him. You gave me. It was a, it was a soft pitch. <laughs> uh, it was a soft pick. Some other kept sun kept moons just for fun. Paula Poundstone, which I was like, hey, Harmony Corinne, William Hung, and Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh. Um, next round is some Capricorn Sun Cap Risings, and we have Diane Sawyer, Anthony Hopkins, and John Legend. I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, I vaguely know who all these people are. I don't mean to be disappointing, but I'm not super into pop culture stuff. Um, Fair. It's okay. I also don't know. (laughs) I I would say, okay, wait, can you give me my names again to choose between? Yes. Journalism 2020. No, she's not 2020. Diane Sawyer, like ABC News. Totally. Anthony Hopkins, uh, Silence of the Lambs, you know, Fava Beans. Uh, And John Legend. P- Mary to Chrissy Teigen. Mary to Chrissy Teigen, <laughs> Piano Man. I would like to get close to t- k- Chrissy Teigen, so I'm going to have to. I mean, I just feel like I want to know what's going on with Diane Sawyer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also really want to get close to her, and if I marry him, then I probably would. So it's a really tough thing. But you're giving me only one female, and I'd rather marry a female. So married, fucked, and then the other ones murdered. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no this is, please. Th- I mean, this game, it causes a lot of controversy every, <laughs> every single time. I mean, I, the longer I sit with it, the more I'm like, maybe I, I think I need to marry John Legend. I've changed my answer, um, but I'm not really going to have sex with Diane. We're just going to talk about it a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's, that is the right answer, oddly, where yeah, it's like, yeah. because I think especially if the goal is to get close to Chrissy, you're going to have to marry in. I mean. I'm going to have to marry in. Also. Diane's going to be bringing home a lot of that news energy stuff. And that's going to be a lot. All I do is read the news. That's literally all I do. Okay. And watch the news. I read the news. I astrology. You know, my desktop, I've got two charts on it right now. Ice and the Gestapo. It's my like, I'm obsessed, which is why I was, that's why I first wanted to marry her because I feel like she'd be really interesting. But I mean, let's just be realistic. We could like process sex uh, instead of have it. And then maybe we form a friendship and I wouldn't yeah. have to marry her about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, feel like, I feel like I've, I've rested in the right place. Okay. I mean, no, I agree. Also, Diane's kind of hot. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, Diane's but, totally hot. But I'm going to fuck Anthony because he is uh, Anthony Hopkins. He has an amazing Twitter feed. He's very funny. And he's just a weird. I don't know. I respect his craft. But, you know, I saw John London at Italy and he was really small. Really? <laughs> 
tiny. Yeah. He's very, he's he's very he had a nice, too. like, he had one of those baseball jackets that's not a real baseball jacket. It's, like, probably, like, an $800 baseball jacket, and it was, like, a little armored small. <laughs> but he, he was pre- he was pretty. If um, I fuck with a cis man, he's, he's got, I gotta take him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just for fun, there was two triple Capricorn celebrities that I did find. Wow. That was Zoe Deschanel. Do you know oh. her? We are going to know each other. I don't know. She's a sun, moon, and rising in Capricorn. Yeah. yeah. And she's so, so it. I love her. She so is, though. We've talked about her triple capness at like, length. I feel like one of the first celebrities that we talked about as, like, someone that you were kind of surprised that, to find out. But then once you did, you're like, oh, no, that actually really all tracks. She's so and- down to earth and... So I, I adore her. So that's well, really nice for me to hear that she's a triple Capricorn. Well, and also she's like found what she is so great at and is like, and this is what I do now. Yeah, I, I am bangs. I am bangs for life. Also, can I just say, I don't care who the next person is. I marry her. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say the next person just because it's funny and it's James Earl Jones. <laughs> Who's James Earl Jones? The he, voice of the, Darth Vader. The voice of Darth oh, Vader. Oh, oh, I love Oh shit! That's a tough call for me. Well, it's not. Because- well, these well, are these are my. These are yeah. You don't have to fuck or marry any of them. There's only two, so I just put them in an extra. They're like in their That's own. Great. You guys can be in like a triad, triple Capricorn, Pluto Gardens. All, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I gotta say, uh, it's it's. I wonder if they're twelfth or first house triple Capricorns, uh, because it's very different. It's incredibly different, you mm-hmm. know? And that's the thing. Whenever you hear that somebody has sun, moon, and rising all in one sign, the first question to ask is what three sign? What what sign is all three planets in? But the second one is to ask, is it coming from the 12th or is it coming from the 1st? Because yeah. it's a 700% different totally. thing to be a 12th house sun, moon, or a 1st house sun, moon, or you can have one on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what side of the the ascendant are you? Are you ascending? You know, whatever. Anyways, yeah. it's, it's a very important question to ask. Yeah. That makes so much sense. You saying about kind of like the sign being the last kind of like almost to say like oh this is like the the color that you paint this structure with, uh, not to make it not important. But I think there is so much like you get you know I'm a Sagittarius and there's so much like Sagittarius stuff but then when I look at my chart I'm like there's not there is I have a stellium in Sagittarius but it's in my third house so it's not really set like it just colors everything so differently so yeah yeah it's true the way I'd like to describe it to people is if you think of your birth chart as kind of like um a stage it and it's it's like a like a Broadway stage where everything is played out and each house is where you know the scene is set and the sign on the house cusp or the, is the set design, and the sign that the planet is in is the costume design, but the planets themselves are the actors, and the aspects are the dynamic between actors. And when you start to unpack it in that way, you start to see how you can't just focus on like the bed on the stage. It has to mm-hmm. be the bed, how it's made, whether it's day or night, whether or not there's actors, what the fuck the actors are doing. Like mm-hmm. There's so many layers, and when we first start learning astrology, it's impossible to have a working grasp of all the layers that takes practice and time and practice and time. And so, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's an astrology student and feels overwhelmed by how much there is to learn. Great. That means you understand that there's a lot to learn. (laughs) Don't worry. You're not supposed to get it in six months. You're not supposed to get it in six years for the first seven years of any craft, 
before you formed a full Saturn cycle, you are learning, you are a student. One cannot achieve mastery of something before a Saturn cycle has occurred. I am, oh, Capricorn wisdom, boom. (laughs) I think that's a really great example too because especially in living in LA we see a lot of theater that is stripped down black box theater that there isn't a bed on the stage or there isn't a costume it's people in you know doing their act out their make improv or or other things Um, and that doesn't really affect the quality of the performance necessarily or what you what you get out of it it yeah it, it can i mean if you're at the pantages and there's no costumes that might you know throw you but <laughs> i don't know i think it's, it's a good not analogy. it's not it's not equal to the actor is, mm-hmm. is really the upshot it's not equal to the actor at all it's the planet the planet is the actor and that's where we really get the most in my practice it's where i get the most data it's where i get the most value and it's where i'm able to help people the most so if you're studying your chart and you're fixated on sign to the exclusion of aspect or planetary placement you are missing out mm-hmm. i tried to make it sound like i was in a cave yeah. <laughs> uh, just so yeah, that was my move yeah um, no that was perfect thank you so yeah, much yeah this was amazing me. this was so fun is we- there anything else you want people to check out your podcast your upcoming book your app love the app thank you so much i love the app too i have a free ios app called tiny spark and it's like a modern millennial magic ball, and it works um <laughs> it's really just a way to resource your intuition so mm-hmm. use that download that um I have the podcast. It comes out every Sunday. Ghost of a podcast where I give advice, talk astrology, talk to animals, talk to dead people. Um, Great Sunday else? podcast, yeah, by the say, way. And happy, love... happy uh, one year. Thank you so much. Thank it's you all... so much. Yeah. It's one year and one week old and i can't believe it i'm so excited about it it's it's also like a great because we talk at length forever and ever and and that's just who we are um but i love that it's like a just a condensed nice like face mask length like it's just like a great sunday i I love it thank you so much i like to keep it at around 30 minutes it it goes up or down a little bit but i like Mm -hmm. to keep it a half hour um and what else you could read my weekly and my monthly horoscopes um, I do an IGTV horoscope for Girl Boss every month that I think is worth checking out. Um, I have webinars for sale on my website. Only one's up now, but there will be a second one up soon. And I'm planning another webinar for early October. So you can sign up for my mailing list. I'm going to hopefully start doing shit on Patreon and offering like exclusive content. Cool. And uh, what else can you do? You can be a nice person, vote <laughs> in elections, mm-hmm. be generous with people who are having shitty days. Um, stop being so nice and start being kind and that is it love Yay. it thank you so thank much you. Thank you. thanks so much I love this this is great thanks for having me we'll right. see you guys uh-huh. next week bye. Bye. bye thank you for listening to what's your sign please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use if you like what you heard please support us on Patreon you can also find us online on Instagram at what's your sign podcast or on Twitter at What's YR sign underscore pod? You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.